Morena, it's Karen and Elijah here. We coordinate and facilitate communities that apprentice under Jesus together. These neighborhood churches form the extended whānau known as Unite. As you know, as you know. We desire to grow as apprentices of Jesus according to the Bible mm-hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit. Devoted to God in Jesus with one another. Showing the world the love of God. We believe that God is three in one mm-hmm. and we, that we belong to Jesus Christ. We desire to be Holy Spirit led and to practice love and community, to grow together with joyful endurance. And to welcome all people, seeing them with the dignity God created them with. Have you ever asked yourself, Karen? Yeah, tell me. Why do we do what we do? I do. Have you asked that? Yeah, I have. <laughs> what about when we gather? What's the point? I do. Uh, yes, I have also have asked What's that. What's the point? <laughs> There'll be lots of individual reasons for why each of us choose to gather as the church, but there is also a collective reason, a great purpose, a collective direction. Here it is. Hmm. What you've been waiting for. <laughs> to apprentice under Jesus. The verse that has become liturgy for us as we walk along the road of apprenticeship to Jesus together is John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. Let me read it for you. Thanks. From the NIV. Here we go. The Niv. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. NLT says it like this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And yet again, the Amplified Version says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. This simply means two things. One, that we receive love. We are loved by Jesus. We let him love us and welcome us into the love he shares with the Father and the Spirit. We receive love, which means we we get healed from the inside out. We get transformed from the inside out. And as that happens, we can also, which is the second point, practice love. We share this love with those Jesus has called us to be church with. We commit to a group of to a group of apprentices. To what? To what? We commit to one another as a group of apprentices, to people the Holy Spirit has led us to. We embrace the long journey in the same direction, in whatever season we are in. Mm. Don't let the fact that you've heard this before stop you from sensing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you right now. We will never grow beyond receiving God's love and practicing love in community. This is our earthly assignment as His church. And so we remember that as followers of Jesus, we are dependent on the Spirit. How can we depend on the Holy Spirit without knowing who He is how he works, and our part in the great story of God. This is why our communities center around sharing the word, the Bible, not just as individuals, but together, because his story involves all of us. It's also why we're centered around prayer as we come together, but also daily, praying for one another, being aware of the presence of God that he is at work um, in and around us all of the time. We are also active in practice. I've heard it said that Christians are obsessed with ideas but ignore habits. We love a new teaching, a new experience, a new worship moment, um, but habits aren't sexy. They're not exciting. They're, they can be really mundane. They're something we do over and over again, but they form us as we commit to God with the tools that He's given us. Um, they're called 
by many across history as spiritual disciplines. Ideas don't change us, although they can help to do that. They can begin the journey. Habits do change us as they are ideas put into action. Jesus knew this, which is why he so often talked about it. Building a practice into your life takes work. It takes vision, intention, and means. Vision is trusting the story God is telling, having a vision of life in the kingdom. This is essentially a humble and confident position in of trust in the person and the way of Jesus in the kingdom he is ushering in. A vision of formation and becoming people of love. Intention is a heart response to Jesus. This is an ongoing choice to partner with God in his great redemption plan. Means this requires the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and community to help us build rhythms together, reminding one another what it's, of what it's all about uh, with the freedom to use things such as the Bible plan, Slack messaging, small gatherings and these videos as tools for formation. And if you've called yourself a Christian for a long time, it also involves humility. Humility to go back to the simple acts we can often forget. Sharing from the word and praying for one another. Humility to repent from all of our Christian hobby horses that can take us away from sincere devotion to Christ and an obedient heart to do what he's asked us to do, which is to love one another. What are neighborhood churches if not micro communities that desire to be countercultural and intentional in the formative journey of Christ with the goal of becoming people of love? Mm. How each community outlives this, it's up to us collectively. Share, dialogue, pray, encourage, open up, confess, keep going. Remember, when we practice, we create space for God to fill. We set the table. God brings the meal. When we sidestep the discipline of practice, we can often miss God at best, or at worst, at worst, at worst, 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 at worst, at worst, <laughs> <Brett West. laughs> or at worst, create a, create a God in our own image. Mm. When we practice love, God perfects it in us. It's great. It's good to um, be continually reminded of what we do, of what why we do what we're doing otherwise it can just become a thing that we do yeah i agree mm. and also recognizing that we're countercultural so yeah. if we forget that we actually begin to become like the culture we're in mm. which has been a constant theme in in the bible and the story mm. god mm. is telling so i think it's easy for us to get caught up in life and friendships and work and money stuff and time stuff and kids stuff or whatever is in our lives mm. you know mm. entertainment etc and lose sight of um, the presence of God mm. and his goal for our lives. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Um, and here are some thoughts from the passages we've been reading this week. Um, someone in our neighborhood church found this quote on the verses we've read this week and posted it on Slack and I'm going to read it to you. Jesus spoke three parables unveiling and revealing how the Trinity desires to bring people through the Son by the Spirit to the Father. The son came as a shepherd, seeking and sacrificing to find the lost sinner. The spirit seeks the lost sinner like the woman searched with the light of illumination for the lost coin until she found it. And the father welcomes the returning sinner back to his house. Mm. It is the work of the Trinity to bring us back to God. And I'm going to draw our attention 
um, this morning in this video to the shepherd in the story of the lost sheep. Luke 15, 1 to 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Many of us will have warm feelings, <laughs> <It's> gross, <laughs> fond memories of, well, I don't know. <laughs> we will like reading this, um, knowing full well that we once were that wayward sheep. It shows the character of Jesus in such a real, tangible, visual way. And when Jesus taught this, it was new news for those listening. Many rabbis of that time believed that God received the sinner that came to him came to him the right way mm -hmm. but in the parable of the shepherd and the sheep Jesus taught that God actively seeks out the lost he does not grudgingly receive the lost instead he searches after them mm. God finds the sinner more than the sinner finds God Barclay a theologian would you say his first name was William Barclay old Billy Billy boy <laughs> I have I have his 10 of his commentaries oh. from my grandfather wowee on ourself Right. Just so you know. Just let you know that. <laughs> um, thank you. He says this. A great Jewish scholar has admitted that this is the one absolutely new thing which Jesus taught men about God, that he actually searched for men. And women. And women, <laughs> yes. And the emphasis of the story Jesus tells at the end is repentance. I spoke about that a few weeks back, but we'll say some of it again because it's so important. She's quoting herself. <laughs> Karen Burton says this. <laughs> In the most literal sense of the word to repent means to change your mind about God and his word. Mm. To do a 180 from where we were headed to where God is. Such a change of mind always occurs when we begin to believe God and his word. And then when we will begin to take God and his word seriously. And that kind of ties into what you were saying before. Mm-hmm. This, in turn, will result in a radical change of behaviour. Instead of indulging in sin, either openly or secretly, a repenting sinner will flee from sin. Just like the sheep, it will return to the flock with the shepherd and trust his leadership. Just like the prodigal son, he will forsake God and... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he will forsake sin and return to God. Yes, wow. See that 180? Wow. <laughs> I guess he did forsake him first, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. When we first choose to trust God with our lives, we return to him in the most important way possible. Then it's a daily return, or more than once daily return. Yeah. When our minds, our hearts, our eyes, our desires wander, he gently calls us to return to him. God may not always be the, our uh, strongest desire, but he is our deepest desire. Mm. Right. Yeah, I was going to say more on that, but I won't. <laughs> Leads us to our questions to consider as we share together, remembering... Um, and yeah, really taking a moment to take stock and remember that the Holy Spirit leads us as we corridor. Remember that as you talk, you're not just sharing and talking. The Holy Spirit is present yeah. in your communal space. Great. Question number one. 
How is Jesus loving you in this season you're in right now? Beautiful. It's great to share that with one another mm. because we experience the grace of God as others share. So be bold. Rua, how does Jesus as your shepherd lead you? In Toru, how is God leading you to practice love in community at the moment? If you want to begin tithing, partner financially, or are interested in joining the neighborhood church, or you just have questions, I know some of you are in between neighborhood churches at the moment, if you're still listening to these, hello. Um, get in contact with us, we'd love that, unitechurch.org.nz or elijah at unitechurch.org.nz. Flick an email and I'll get back to you. This video is available in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. Like we tell our children and you as well. (laughs) God is good and he made us good and so we trust in his goodness. We're praying for you in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Aroha Nui, Unite Whanau.